When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler Podcast. Your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the budget-minded traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, welcome to episode 44 of the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast. This is the ultimate family travel episode. So if that is up your alley, you are in the right place. Today, I get to chat with Erin Bender, who is traveling the world nonstop with her family. She and her husband, Josh, and her two kids, Mia and Caius, who started traveling when they were two and three. They're now five and six, and they have been to over 50 countries each. This is just the kids. (laughs) So Erin and I get into how she and her family have set off on the nomadic family travel lifestyle long term. They've been going for three years now, and she has an awesome story and a lot of great tips. And you guys should definitely check out their website, Travel with Bender, um, for for everything that you could possibly think of having to do with family travel. It's there. So let's go ahead and get into the interview with Erin. All right. I'd like to welcome Erin Bender to the show. Thanks so much for joining me, Erin. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. And where in the world are you today? It's a great question for you because I know you travel everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, today is a good question because any other day it's somewhere else. So um, (laughs) today we happen to be in Melbourne, Australia. And that's where you're from, isn't it? Uh, kind of. I grew up in Sydney and when I was a teenager, um, I moved to Perth. So really Josh and I consider Perth our home. But, uh, once we started our travels, half my family moved to Melbourne. So now with the visits, Mm. we get to do Perth and Melbourne. So this is actually my kid's first time in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Um, okay, cool. So on that note, then I know you have kind of a I'm going to call it a crazy story, a crazy story that I love, actually. Um, But why don't you maybe start by kind of introducing yourself and and who you are and who your family is, basically how, um, yeah, why don't you just start with that, where you're from first? Okay, so um, as I said, originally from Australia, um, I have a husband, Josh, and two kids, Mia and Caius. And um, back in May 2012, we decided that... um, traveling back to Australia was costing us a lot of money. We like to travel and Australia being quite far from everywhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, was costing a fair bit to always come home to. And we decided, well, perhaps we shouldn't keep coming home. Perhaps we should just keep going. 
Um, so I guess a lot of people call that a gap year and we decided, okay, let's go for six months. We're going to go and travel the world. So we, we, you know, we rented out our house and we got, found someone to take care of our dog and we sold our cars and packed everything up and bought a one-way ticket to Bali. That is so awesome. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So it sounds like you guys went on plenty of vacations before you started doing this constant travel, right? Yes. Um, I mean, Josh and I had done our last hurrah before kids back in 2007. Mm-hmm. We did six weeks around the world. And that was going to be, okay, well, we weren't going to be traveling a lot now that we've got kids. So um, let's do this big trip. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't really work out that way. We still um, ended up doing a lot of trips with the kids. Mia, I think Mia's first trip was when she was nine months old. We took her to Singapore. And Chaos was five months when he went to Bali. And in 2011, we did four international trips. And that's when we realized, gosh, this is costing us a lot of money to keep mm-hmm. going overseas and coming back again. So, mm-hmm. What did you guys do before you left for work? Um, Josh is a web designer. And I, was, I, am, I have a marketing degree. So every time he did a website, I, would, I like to specialize in social media marketing. Mm-hmm. So I would help the businesses set up their social media, um, Facebook pages and Twitter pages, teach them how to use it. Or some of them didn't want to use it, so I would monitor them for them. Um, So we basically worked together at home. That's like a match made in heaven. So you actually already had location-independent work. You were just living in one place. Yes, and this is what my husband had said to me actually from 2010, um, just before our son was born. He had said to me, oh, you know, I could do this job anywhere in the world. And I said, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> we've got a little girl. We've got another one on the way. I think we'll just, you know, have our normal lives here at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it took him two years to, to convince me that, that it could work and that he could pick up everything and work from anywhere in the world. Oh, that is so amazing. So what gave you, I mean, I know he's trying to convince you. What, what made you decide, you know what, I am going to do this? Like, what was the turning point there? I think um, Josh was working a lot of hours at this stage. He was working about 60 hours a week to, um, for us to be able to live the lifestyle that we wanted to in Australia. It's, um, Perth is the 10th most expensive city in the world. Mm. So um, he had to work really hard. Um, he was earning good money and we kind of were on this uh, great Australian dream, they call it, where we had a house, we had two cars, we had the dog and the kids, <laughs> and the mm-hmm. next step would have been, okay, maybe we should go get a bigger house now because, you know, we're doing really well. I guess the next step is to buy a better car, get a bigger house, maybe by the beach. And yes. and then he would be working even more to make sure that we could pay for that one. And we, we would sit on it. We had a lounge in the front room. We called it our dream lounge. And Josh and I would often sit on there and just discuss big, gigantic dreams. And we both were just thinking that we didn't want him to do that. We didn't want him to keep working harder and just so we could have a better life. And then what happens after we got that house? Would we feel the same away again in a couple more years' time? And um, I guess for me, I just I wanted to see more of him and, a, and I wanted a bit of an adventure. I didn't want the same dream as everybody I knew had. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, okay, let's do it. Just six months. Let's just try it out for six months. I'm sure I could do six months. So, yeah, um, what really sped it up was that we were planning to go about July, September, and a lady came through our house in February and she was like, oh, I love it. I want it. But can I have it in April? And I was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to like end of the year. And, she, and Josh was like, well, why can't we go sooner? 
And that was it. All of a sudden we had two months to pack everything up and leave. So that, that was the real thing that got me going. Yeah. <laughs> that is so exciting. Oh, man. Yeah, because I mean, like you were saying, the next step, the next step. I mean, according to who is that next step? You know, it's according to the society that you live in. If if that's the next step of getting the, the nicer car and the bigger house. I mean, it's the same... I'm assuming that's the same everywhere. Like that's definitely how it is here, you know, and, and it's okay that you don't have the same dream as everybody else. I think it's way more important to listen to your passions and obviously travel was a big thing for you guys. So, yeah. And I think passion, um, travel's also given us, you know, the opportunity for better things. Like Josh does not work 60 hours a week anymore. Mm -hmm. He works on average, you know, between five and 10. And the amount of time he gets to spend with the kids now is amazing. Like, and we're teaching them things that we would never have had the opportunity to teach them. You know, they were in a daycare center before we left three days a week. So I could work with Josh. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we first left, I was like, I don't know what to do with them. They're here all the time. <laughs> and now we love having them around. It's like an interruption if they're, if they're spending the day with some, somebody else. So. That's so cool. That's so cool because I think most parents would love to be able to say that. You know, I mean, I, I can't relate. I don't know. I don't have kids. But I, I would imagine that that's like the best feeling ever to be able to spend just so much time with your family. I mean, you love your family and that's the point, you know. Yeah, it's That's very so special awesome. in these early years. So. Yeah. So you said you rented out your house and that kind of came, you know, awesomely since somebody was like, yeah, we want it right now. And you sold your cars. Did you sell your cars before the six month stint? Yes, we did. My That's kind of a thought, commitment. <laughs> well, my husband thought we were going to be going much longer. And yeah. for my, my insecurity... I, w I was just like, okay, let's just do six months. I can handle six months. So, right, okay. um, yeah, but we, we were trying to sell one of our cars anyway because we had a convertible um, which got made, used maybe once a week because mm. we ended up having kids. And um, <laughs> it was almost the cost of a second mortgage and it was just these stupid things that you got caught up in, these material things that we were just like, we just wanted to really break free from that and yeah. just move on. So. I love that. So how many material things like that you were paying for every month did you, were you able to break away from? Two cars, a house. I mean, you had, you, what you else did you give up? Phone plans. Of phone what? Plans are great. Phone plans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get rid of phone plans, which is a monthly commitment. Um, when you're traveling the world, all your houses always include utilities. So all of a sudden we didn't have gas bills, electricity bills, mm -hmm. internet bills. Um, you know, it was all wrapped up in one holiday home which are generally cheaper than a house with all those things right. um a lot of our stuff we ended up renting the house partly furnished we put most of our belongings in our garage and rented the house without the use of the garage okay um and then we left big items like the fridge and the couches in the house um and about a year later we returned and we had a massive sale and started selling it all off because we realized that we were gone a mm -hmm. lot longer than six months. <laughs> right. Do you still own your house then? Yes, we do. It's still rented. Um, oh, we have so new great. tenants who are absolutely lovely. I just did their first rental inspection. They're taking care of it. Every time we're there, we sell a little bit off and because um, we think, why have we still got this? And then we <laughs> put, if we run out of time, put everything back in the garage and off we go again. So. <laughs> How many times have you been back since you left? 
So originally the plan was six months and we got to the end of the six months and we were like, hey, this is working. This is really Mm -hmm. working. We could Mm -hmm. keep doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, We had stayed in Asia because it was close to Australia and if anything went wrong, we were like, oh, well, it's just a quick flight back home. We can just do that. Um, So the tenant was still in there. She was happy. So we said, all right, let's do a 12-month lease this time. And we jetted off to America. Mm, that's so great. So since that, since we first left, we're coming up to three years now and we've visited home twice. Wow. That's awesome. And so I think I know the answer to this question, but you are probably living much more comfortably now than you were before, right? I mean, because Josh is still working. He's working less, but your life costs a whole lot less, right? Definitely. Um, okay. Our life is about two-thirds... We spend two-thirds less than we used to. Two-thirds less. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, like last month, uh, February, when we were in Bali, we stayed in Bali for the whole month. It cost us $2,500. For a month? The entire for thing? The for a family? Us, for Wow. Yep. Eating out quite regularly because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's cheaper to eat out than eating in Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, it included someone coming, making our breakfast every morning. <laughs> then they would return and clean the whole house every day. Wow. Um, we were often, we would often hire a nanny so Josh and I could spend time together and work easily. Um, we had, that was transport, accommodation, the whole lot. Beautiful. And we love Bali. So yeah, that's great. So what are you doing about the, how old are your kids now? Um, we left when they were two and three and now they're five and six, five and six. Are they starting school yet or no? So up until now we do, we do unschooling. Um, a lot of people actually do unschooling without even realizing it. It's just teaching your kids what they want to learn when they want to learn. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, when we were in Europe, we realized that like most places in Europe, like Finland and all that, they don't start school till about seven. So we haven't been too worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mia really wanted to do um, an online learning course. So she's been doing one called abcmouse.com. And then this year we've just moved them both up to a program called Reading Eggs. So the Australian homeschooling curriculum says that children need six hours a week of schooling. That's one hour a day. That actually got me really annoyed because I was like, (laughs) what are kids doing at school for six hours a day? Plus they come Mm -hmm. home with homework because they haven't learned anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so when I heard that, I never wanted to homeschool. I was like, oh, I could, if I wanted to be a teacher, I would have gone and been a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I heard that, I was like, oh, an hour a day. I could do an hour a day. Mm-hmm. So yes, they do, a, um, they do a program on the computer in the mornings. Um, Mia has a little journal she writes in at night. And then the rest of the day is travel-led education. So <sighs> we watched Sound and Music in Salzburg, Austria, yes. where, the, where it was filmed. The yes. following day, we went and did a tour mm-hmm. and heard all about the movie. Um, you know, we've just, we read Harry Potter, we watched the movie, then we went to Harry Potter world and saw all the way they made the electronics and the robots and the Mm -hmm. studio sets, you know, Mm -hmm. when we talk about dinosaurs, we go to museums and we talk about them. We don't just read them in books. We, you know, see their bone structures and, uh, travel is amazing. They learn currency, geography, languages. I mean, they're way ahead of anybody in in their grade schools at the moment. I believe it. It sounds 
like so much more comprehensive because it seems so much more useful. All the things that, you know, you're they're they're learning by sort of like a byproduct, you know, all these things that they learn just because of travel. And then all of the fun things are the things that they would, you know, learn anyway. I mean, the the dinosaurs and stuff like that. But what a better way to to, to teach it, to have them be on the road, hands on, you know, I mean, I think that sounds great. If I ever had kids, I would for sure, I would for absolutely sure do what you're doing. I didn't even know that, that you could do an online program when you're six. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. It's, easy. it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun for them. You know, they, yeah. it's called reading eggs and these little things pop up all over the screen and they've got to find the letters and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but we make the most of situations. We had a really long road trip the other day to see their grandparents and it was three hours there and three hours home. And we just took a bunch of pieces of paper with words on them. And in the car, we asked them to read them and make sentences with them. So any situation where they're working with them and it's not, you need to learn this right now, mm-hmm. which means that they're inspired to learn because they want to. They're like, yeah, yeah, I want to play this game right now instead of you must sit down and learn this today for six hours. <laughs> exactly. That sounds, you're making it sound like a real drag to be in school right now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what my kids believe. So we'll hope that they keep believing that for a bit longer because it means we can travel longer. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Are you expecting that maybe they'll, that maybe you'll have to stop at some point long enough for them to at least be in school for several months at a time? I think so. I think give it a couple more years and I would probably want them to at least try it out and decide which way they would like to go. Okay. Um, I know homeschooling works. Even I read an article, um, all the IT mothers in Silicon Valley are doing homeschooling because they want to keep inspiring that creativity, whereas school says you need to be the same as all your other peers mm-hmm. and do things at the same rate, the same time. Mm-hmm. Um so we really do hope that that's the road they want to go down, but we're very open to listening to the kids. And as they get older, they're starting to form more of a voice of what they want to do. So uh, it's uh, it's an interesting process. You've got so many more people to listen to. I did I solo travel and it was so much easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gosh, I know. But I mean, I think that life changes, you know, and you just change with it and you got to just, I love that you listen to them though. That's really am- really cool because you know I think parents could just easily just drag their kids around and you don't want them to end up hating it so no yeah how very aware you know I always always hear about those um we we often hear about Americans who complain about army brats and how they moved around the world a lot Mm -hmm. so this is very like I always keep this in my mind like I don't even though they're not in a military and they're not going to different schools every term or whatever I'm, I'm very conscious of when do they want us to stop? Do they want to stop and have regular friends? And right. they're very mindful of, you know, this is a great age to do it because they don't have such, you know, deep friendships at two and three. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, we got home to Perth and Mia, the first thing she wanted to do was find that her scooter that she had got the previous year for Christmas. Oh. Uh, she'd only had a couple of months to use it. So mm-hmm. uh, somehow we got talked into traveling with it. It's here in Melbourne. <laughs> with her so hopefully it doesn't go any further but this is this is what she wanted to take with her on her travels and we said if you can carry it you can bring it so at the moment she's traveling with a scooter <laughs> actually that's that brings up another good point how how light have you packed I mean what what do you bring with you our first year we were terrible we had three big check-in bags and three small carry-ons we had a double stroller and a car seat mm. it was a nightmare getting through airports we absolutely <laughs> hated it 
Mm. Oh, it's a nightmare. Um, and then when we returned to Perth a year and a half after we started, uh, we downsized everything and we left with one check-in bag and three small carry-ons. And that's all we have now. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, you probably outgrew the stroller too, which is helpful. Yeah, we actually bought that stroller in New York because we couldn't keep track of where the children were. It was such a manic city. (laughs) And we were like, oh, my gosh, let's get a stroller so they can both just sit still and we know where they are. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) But then trying to get it down into the subway. Oh, my gosh, that was a bad move anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine so. So what do you think as a a traveling, as a long-term traveling family, what do you think have been your biggest successes along the way? I always think of terms of like the best experiences, the ones that stand out in my mind. A lot of people tell me, why do you take children traveling? They're not going to remember. But I don't remember either. We do a lot of traveling and <laughs> I forget. That's why I started a blog so I could remember everything for myself. Yeah. So my successes are the ones that actually stand out in my mind. It's when my five-year-old daughter abseiled down a cliff in Malta. That was amazing and really overcoming fear for both of us, her and I. Um, It was seeing the Lantern Festival in Chiang Mai where they released 20 to 30,000 lanterns that just float up into the air and Mm -hmm. our family just really had this moment together where we were just all looking up at the stars and the lanterns and just really being in that moment uh, where even my husband dropped his camera for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of gives me chills actually. I love that. And what about biggest mistakes? Uh, the luggage definitely would have been one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, traveling that much luggage in the first year was really hard and expensive, obviously, because a lot of flights charge for luggage these days. Yeah. Moving too fast, we would definitely admit to a mistake. The mm-hmm. first year we did 28 countries. Um, the second year we, we did 26. So our aim this year is to do 20 less. We really just want to <laughs> try and stay under 10 this year. So that's uh, a big mistake. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about slow travel versus fast travel. I actually am one of the ones who usually goes through pretty quickly. Um, I like to see more than seeing less. But when you have more time like like you did or like you do on the road, you know, it makes more sense that, that you could take your time and, and – go a little bit uh, a little bit more slowly I think um, I wanted to change gears real quick and talk about your blog travelwithbender.com you actually have a start here page on your blog which I think is very helpful I like when blogs do that so you know how to kind of navigate it but you have a post on there called the only thing stopping you is you and I almost wanted to like read it on, you know, on the air just because it's so good. I'm definitely going to link to it, but because it's something that I love to talk about, you know, I mean, people love to make excuses and they'll find an excuse in everything. But I think really that's probably just based in like fear or the fact that they don't actually really want to do something, you know, because here you are. I mean, you talk about the fact that you have a house, a mortgage, cars, a do- you know, these these things that quote unquote, are holding you back. And you just said, so what? You know, we sold them. We we figured it out and we left anyway. And I mean, I I think that's great because, you know, obviously it shows this was really important to you. This was what you really wanted to do. And I'm going to ask you, what advice would you give to other 
maybe people that have this wanderlust that they they imagine that this would be a wonderful lifestyle, but they're maybe afraid to do it. I mean, what would you say to them? Definitely, nomadic is not for everybody. It really has to be a passion because there's a lot of things you need to do to make it work. But once you've made that decision, the best advice I can give you is to book something. Hmm. That is the only way you're going to get moving. Like it took, uh, in my head, I was just going sometime in July, sometime in September, and it took that lady going, I want your house in April for us to get our butt in gear and actually start doing things. Like even though we only had two months, we started doing things because all of a sudden we had a deadline. And a ticket will do that. If you book a ticket, you have a deadline, you get going. My husband always says to me, this is not going to be, you know, a lifelong thing. I didn't need to think about, oh, my gosh, I'm going traveling forever. I just needed to think about, for me, it was, I'm just going for six months. If it doesn't work out, I go home. And that's what he always says to me. You know what? None of this is permanent. If it doesn't work out, you can go back. But if it does, what have we gained? It's been an amazing journey. We have learned so much seen so much and for half the price that we would have been living in Australia with um, completely different opportunities yes exactly have a, a great post called how to kickstart your dream your travel dream and it's not inspiring like like the only thing stopping you is you post it's actually a practical guide on what do you need to do to get going and it's uh step-by-step instructions of what we did to get out of our house to get someone to look after the dog, pack up our things and go. And that's a great place to start if you need a bit of a, a kickstart. That's awesome. I'm going to link to that on the show notes page. Are there any other resources that you'd like to share that we can find on your blog that would be helpful? We have a great one. Uh, we were looking to go to Europe last year. And um, when I was looking for Perth to Malta, it was going to cost so much money. Uh, we've managed to find out quite a few travel hacks in our years and we ended up saving $2,000 for the four of us on that flight. Mm. So I would really recommend checking out our cheap flights, how to find cheap flights, because that's the biggest part of your expense of traveling. Everyone's like, but how do you fly to these places? And um, it's true. That's the biggest part. But I just got from Bali to Perth for $230 for the four of us. What? I just... I just picked up a flight back to Bali from Melbourne. We've decided we're going back to Bali because we loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And it was a $0 flight, taxes and luggage included. The four of us are going on a six-hour flight from Melbourne to Bali for $250. Okay, I have to look up this post you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, check out our cheap flights post. It's got yeah. all our hacks and things in there because, okay. yeah, we, I mean, we flew from Asia to Europe in the end, instead of the, I think they were quoting us $1,500, it ended up being under $500 per person. So if that's what you want to do to get started, check that out. (laughs) That's incredible. Okay. I'll definitely link to all of those things. And then before we end this, I just have to ask, do you think when you go back, or I don't even want to say that, do you think if it comes to a point where they say, I want to stop, you know, and, and it's time, whether it's because of school or whatever, that it will be in Australia for you or will you pick a new home? Um, my husband doesn't want to live in Australia at all. Um, <laughs> okay. I think he just realized that he had to work too hard to, to live here and he doesn't want to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for me as a woman because he was bringing in the majority of the income. I was working for him basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it's easy for me to go, well, we want to move back to Australia. You did fine bringing in money there. Right. But you have to listen to him too. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So he really, we love Bali and we love Kuala Lumpur. Uh, so we're going back to Bali again to spend another two months there to see if it's a possible home base for the future. Okay. Uh, yeah. After that, we have a house set in Kuala Lumpur two months. So okay. uh, both of those are just to check out whether it's somewhere we could live. It's close enough to Australia that we can visit often. It's Kuala Lumpur is great. It's the hub of Air Asia, so you can get flights to anywhere. Right. And it's cheap. It's cheap. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's so close to every. I mean, you can get so many places from there. Yeah. we. I mean, I loved America. I would love to live there, but it's just so far from Australia that we would probably only see people at home, you know, once a year rather than a couple of times a year. Yeah, I hear you. We're kind of far from everything. Yeah, <laughs> but you have a great country and you do have Central America and mm-hmm. South America there as well. So Yes, and yeah. we love that. Right. Yes. <laughs> Central America is our, you know, Asia for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is. We couldn't. We had, don't learn any Spanish over here. We learn obviously Indonesian. Yeah. Oh man. Right. So it was so weird for us spending time in Central America because we couldn't understand any of it. I was mm-hmm. just like, I do not know what they're saying. My daughter, who obviously watched Dora, learned more Spanish than we did. So yep, that'll happen. I would take her to the markets, and I'm like, "What is she saying? Tell me what yeah. she's saying." Just get her a new, get her Duolingo. Uh, yeah, she'll just idea. play with that, and then she can be your little interpreter. It's <laughs> <laughs> we a good idea. Like, oh, we were like, we wanted to go to Costa Rica, but we were in Guatemala for six weeks, and I was like, I, I can't stand the Spanish anymore, Josh. I really just need to go to some English-speaking country oh, for a while. Oh yeah. So we were like, let's go back to America. So we went to Puerto Rico, and we're like, this is not America. This is yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, once again, so is the best place to reach you in case anybody wants to, you know, say hi or start following you? Um, the best place to reach you is travelwithbender.com, right? Yes. Um, we're also everywhere else. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Stumbled Upon, Pinterest. Yes. <laughs> we're, we are everywhere you can find us. So, but start with Travel with Bender. There's a contact page. I love hearing from people. So send Great. me an email. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time today, this morning in Melbourne, (laughs) this evening in Montana. So yeah, uh, we'll keep in touch. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much, Jackie. So I don't even have kids, but I think that that interview was extremely inspiring. And I really hope that you guys did too, especially those of you with kids. Maybe it'll give you an idea or two of how you might be able to make some travel happen in your lives in the near future. So as always, you can find the notes from this episode on the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 44. And there's a link there. Remember, travelwithbender.com is uh, Aaron and Josh's travel blog. And definitely check that out. I'm going to have links to some of their specific articles that we talked about. And that's it for today. So thanks you guys so much for listening and hope you guys have a great day. I'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.